Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back in here on the practice squad, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we thank you. Coming up at 11.30, Vern's on deck show. Josh Vernier gets you ready for Royals Rays down there in Florida. Make sure you keep it locked here. 12.40 first pitch here on 610 Sports Radio. My name's Chris Unocero, Grant Nicholson, doing all the hard work on the other side. So I'm going to deviate away from Chiefs for one segment. We'll get back to it in the final segment talking about who I think the losers of the preseason have been for the Chiefs. But I, I want to get into the what is now probably going to be the conclusion to the uh, Deshaun Watson saga with the NFL, which is that he was suspended. They uh, came to an agreement to suspend him for 11 games for this season. So he'll be eligible to come back in week 13 when the Browns face off against the Houston Texans. So uh, if there is any, if this were like wrestling and it was scripted, it would be like the perfect comeback there. It would be the, it would be the perfect narrative for, for him to, to come back and play. But a lot of people, myself included, were not happy with that suspension. 11 games for a guy that was suspended. I mean, that was sued by 25 different women for sexual assault. 25. This is an unprecedented situation in NFL history for a player to have that many lawsuits filed against him for a serious crime like that. Now, he did not get, they did not press charges against him. The, the, the police in Houston did not do that. So there is that caveat there. But still, he settled 24 out of 25. One was tossed out because the uh, the uh, plaintiff did not want to disclose their name in the lawsuit. So he settled 24 of those 25 lawsuits. And now we've got the punishment come out. You've got the, uh, the owners, Jimmy and D. Haslam for the Browns, coming out and talking about this whole situation here and you know, here's here's Jimmy Haslam talking about um, this, just knowing everything that he would make, you know, knowing everything about this situation after the fact. Would he make the same decision to go after and trade for Deshaun Watson? Jimmy, Correct. knowing what you know now, would you go back and 
over Absolutely. Hey. So you have no qualms about making someone a questionable character to face your franchise? You know, I, here's what I think is that um, I think in this country and hopefully in the world, people deserve second chances, okay? I really think that. And I, I, I struggle a little bit. Is, is he never supposed to play again? Is he never supposed to be part of society? Does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself? And that's what we're going to do, okay? And you can say, well, that's because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. But if he was Joe Smith, he wouldn't be in the, on the headlines every day. So we think people deserve a second chance. We gave Kareem Hunt a second chance, okay? And that's worked out pretty well, okay? We're hoping this will work out, and we have strong belief it will. That doesn't mean we don't have empathy for people affected, and we will continue to do so. But we strongly believe, strongly believe people deserve a second chance. We believe Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance. And if you've ever listened to me talk about guys who have been in trouble, guys like Tyreek Hill, I was on the air the day after they drafted Tyreek Hill. This very show. Seat on the other side of the desk. I was sitting on the other side. Now I'm close to the window. But I said, I believe that Tyreek Hill, if you if, if you do the work, if you do the penalty for what you are convicted of, if you put in the work afterwards to correct your behavior, if you are remorseful for what happened, if you put in the work to correct it, if you admit your wrongdoing, then I'm all for it. I'm all for you getting an opportunity to rehabilitate re- rehabilitate yourself. I'm all for it. I am very much a person who believes in second chances because I believe that you should not be defined by mistakes that you make in your past unless you are someone that continues to make those mistakes or someone who refuses to accept responsibility for those mistakes. Here's the problem, though. Deshaun Watson does not meet the conditions to me to be able to earn that second chance. Here's Deshaun Watson basically saying, I didn't do it. Uh, I've always uh, stood on my innocence and always said that I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone, and I'm continuing to stand on that. But at the same time, I have to continue to push forward with my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, you know, I have to be able to take steps and put pride to the side. And uh, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and keep pushing forward. And I've always, you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone. That doesn't sound like someone who's remorseful. Again, it's 24 lawsuits that he settled. Not only that, but Sue L. Robinson, the judge that handed, handed out the six-game suspension, said that the NFL, they proved that he did what he was accused of by those women. He was only suspended six games because the NFL has never had a good precedent for punishing player misconduct. That's the reason why he was only suspended six games. Not because they didn't prove that he he deserved to be suspended, but rather that because the NFL has mishandled so many cases of player misconduct that a six-game suspension is pretty damn harsh for a player going and doing what Deshaun Watson did. It was the NFL's shortcomings that led to that six-game suspension. Not their not their inability to prove that he did that he did what he was accused of. She said that they proved their case. So I think we can safely assume that there is a very, very strong case that he did indeed do that. Not only that, but he settled 24 of those lawsuits out of court so they can just move past this. 
He doesn't seem like an innocent man to me. And the fact that he still is asserting his innocence does not do him any favors as far as winning people over, as far as being able to convince me or a whole lot of people that he deserves another opportunity. You have to earn that. You're not just given that just because you're good, or at least you shouldn't just be given that because you're good. But in this instance, it really just seems like a situation where he's only being given this opportunity because he is a very good quarterback. And I understand it from the Browns' perspective. The Browns have been bad for a long time. For a franchise as storied as the Browns are, a team that was great pre-merger, has probably the best running back in NFL history in Jim Brown among their alumni. And for them, you know, one of the most influential coaches in the history of the league in, in Paul Brown. And then from that, during the Super Bowl era, you've never even played in a Super Bowl let alone win one. You haven't even played in a Super Bowl. It's understandable that you would be desperate enough to take on that kind of a burden. So I understand it from their perspective. But don't go out here and talk about second chances if a guy's not willing to go out there and fess up to what a judge said he definitely did. I can understand him saying, I messed up, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have done that to those women. I'll serve my suspension. I'll come back and be a better man. If he'd have done that, if he'd have said that, sure. But you have to be really contrite in what you did, and he's not. He he was fighting the suspension the entire time. He was still proclaiming his innocence, still trying not to pay a big fine. I I I can't I can't support that guy, and I hope. Because I, I fear this is going to happen, and I hope that it doesn't. I fear that when he comes back this year, people are just going to talk about him like he's just a quarterback. Like he's not someone who's been sued by 24 different women for sexual assault. We're just going to talk about, oh, where does Sean rank in the top quarterbacks? Or, you know, we're just going to talk about him in that. And I hope that every time he plays a game the rest of this year and from then on, that that's something that, that gets brought up, that gets talked about, the context put around him. I hope that people have that emotion stirring around them when they think of that man. Because we've seen it here in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was a guy that had his past follow him throughout his career. And I, I, I think and I hope that that's something that happens with Deshaun, where Deshaun has his past following him around. And there's questions about the, the Tyreek Hill situation for sure. But at the end of the day, he did... I think he played played, uh, no contest to it. He did his punishment, and he worked his ass off to prove that he wasn't the person that he was portrayed to be. And I I hope that Deshaun eventually at some point takes responsibility and takes those steps to own what happened and to try to be a better person for it. I am rooting for him in that regard. Certainly won't root for him on the field, though. Certainly won't root for him as a football player not unless he is willing to go out there and really accept that responsibility. And and I feel like, to me, that's like the perfect way to end this whole saga there. But it, like I said, I believe in second chances, but you got to own your, your part in that problem to begin with. Because if you don't do that, then to me, it's, it's not something I can ever really, I can't, I certainly cannot relate to anybody 
who is not willing to go out there and accept responsibility for their actions. Coming up next, I'm going to finish off the show here by telling you who I think uh, the guys who've come up most short thus far the first couple weeks of preseason for the Chiefs. The practice squad. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back in here. Final few minutes here on the practice squad. 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, Kristen Ozero, Grant Nicholson. Make sure you keep it locked here. 1130, Josh Vernon, Vern's on deck show. Get you ready for Royals Rays over there on the East Coast. So I want to get to the guys I think definitely have not improved their place on this team the last few weeks training camp first couple preseason games and a guy I want to start with is McCall Hardman I like McCall if you've heard me talk about McCall especially lately I think he's an incredibly talented kid I think he's the most talented just from a physical standpoint most talented receiver on the Chiefs roster the problem that he has is that he's not refined you look at someone like uh, Sky Moore, who's younger than him, rookie. Sky Moore, much more refined pass catcher, much more refined route runner. And he's almost as fast. Not quite as fast as McColl, I don't think, but he's almost as fast as McColl. But you can definitely see, like, like Mahomes starting to build some trust with Sky. Uh, had a couple of uh, passes down the field to Sky in yesterday's game against Washington. And, you know, McColl's got a he's got an injury right now. So, you know, certainly it's it's unfortunate for him. But McColl hasn't really distinguished himself as someone that deserves more than the the role of being a gadget player on this team. I think there's a very good chance. I, I've talked to Ron Cobb about this the last few weeks about how I, I think that and, and he's he's said this, too, that there's a lot of fluidity in this receiving core. And that fluidity is not really working in McCole Hardman's favor. For someone as talented as he is, he's a guy that has slipped down the depth chart, I think. I think that right now what we've seen is that Sky Moore has some pretty good, you know, pretty good chemistry there. Justin Watson looked really good yesterday. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think he's got a very good chance to earn some opportunities in this offense over the next few weeks or so. I think he could definitely be a, a, a Byron Pringle type, as I, as I, as I talked about with Ron. Um, I also said that, you know, a guy like Jody Fortson could definitely get some touches there, especially in the red zone. Two touchdowns yesterday. You can kind of see the chemistry there. MVS 
certainly kind of seems to be the favorite target in the receiving core, aside from, you know, a Travis Kelsey seems to be the favorite target there. And if they can build their chemistry up, he could be the big play guy down the field for the Chiefs. And Juju's been the best receiver in camp overall. But I, I really feel like McColl's kind of gotten passed up by guys. That doesn't mean that he's he's not going to get time on the field. He's not going to get touches. He's absolutely going to get touches. He's so talented, and they're going to find ways to get him the ball. But outside of those scripted plays where they are just going to get him, force him the ball, there really aren't a whole lot of opportunities for him to go out there and get it. And And I feel like that really kind of plays into why I think he is definitely one of the losers of – this preseason process for the Chiefs. The other guy, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is a guy that I think we look at, and and a lot of people were excited about him because of what they saw from him when he was in Tampa. And, you know, for good reason. Like, he showed some explosiveness at times, and he certainly looked like a guy who could carry the load in a, in a committee. He could do his part. You give him, like, 25, 30% of the carries, he can go and do his part. He can have a decent average. Um, a lot of people liked him because of his size, the style of play he has. He could be the kind of guy that is more of a, a power runner than anything. And I understand that. Like, I, I, I certainly think that a lot of people fell in love because of that classic idea of short yarded situation, goal line, just give it to the big guy and he'll power it in for a touchdown or, or power it in to get the first down. I understand that. The problem with Ronald Jones, and I know Bink pointed this out to me months ago, like right, I think it was like right before the draft process, um, right before the draft, maybe a couple weeks before the draft. He's like, I don't know if Ronald Jones is going to make this team. And the big reason why, and I, I 100% agree with this, if you're going to play an Andy Reid system, you got to be able to catch passes, and you have to be able, absolutely have to be able to pass protect. It's a must. I don't think, I mean, you look at PFF ratings last year for, for pass protection amongst running backs. Ronald Jones is one of the worst running backs. And we saw it on display last week in Chicago. He's playing with Bruchelle out there. And he just whiffs on it. I mean, just pass protection, you know, has an opportunity to go out there and help the uh, the left tackle, you know, chip on a on an edge rusher. Instead, completely runs out of the pocket, and the edge rusher is able to get to Bichelle. Like, it's just if you can't do that playing against the twos, the threes, you're gonna have a hard time doing it against the ones. You're gonna have a hard time doing it against the elite edge rushers that the Chiefs are gonna have to face this year. Teams are stacking up to rush after Mahomes. And we know Mahomes likes to hold on to the football. If you can't put him back there because he can't pass protect, that means he's a one-dimensional guy. If he can't catch passes, he can't pass protect. All he can do is get the football. You, you don't need you don't need to keep him around just so he can get it on short-yarded situations. The Chiefs don't even care about running the football in short-yarded situations all the time. They've shown, like this preseason, they've shown that they'll just hand it off to Michael Burton. They don't care about handing it off to anyone else. Like, they they do not care about power running as much as people make it out to be. you got to be able to power run. Chiefs don't care about power running. So, Ronald Jones, to me, he's definitely on the way out. Final guy here, um, Josh Gordon. And I like Josh. A lot of people like Josh because of what he did in Cleveland before those 
ridiculous suspensions that he had. Really talented guy. When he was in his prime, he was uh, one of the best talents in the league. And it's unfortunate that because of an archaic policy, he's missed 78 games in his career due to suspension. I don't think he's going to make this team. Guys like Justin Watson have passed him. Um, we're seeing a lot of talent in this receiving core. I think Darius Fountain makes the team over him. It's sad because he he's a guy you want to root for. You, you want him to be a part of this team and be an impact guy. But I, I think that because he's been passed by so many guys, he ends up getting cut when they make their final cuts. Special thanks to Grant Nicholson for doing all the hard work this morning, keeping us on the air. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Sunday morning to listen to me. Vern is up next. My name is Christian Ocero, and this was the Practice Squad on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The Practice Squad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.